Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. This is Donut here. We got uh, in the room uh, Lucas. What's up? Mike. Hey. And Liza. Yo, yo. Today we got a very special episode, and I'm going to let Lucas take it out on that one. What's up, boy? Uh, yeah, very special episode for uh, what reasons exactly. <laughs> well, we got a we got a guess who's chewing bit. <laughs> Starting now. Okay, I'm gonna take control of this again. This is getting a little bit out. Thank you, Donut. See, for anarchy that doesn't intro. work. Thank you very much. So, <laughs> yeah, we got a smaller crew today. It's uh, raining in Santa Cruz, so that's good news. Well, it's good news and bad news. Yeah, I'm, but not, I think, I'm not too happy. I about think it. the good news trumps the bad news, but. Um, yeah, bad news for us because wah, we're used to riding year round. Oh, boohoo! I know. But that said, we did get uh, stuff happening today, so let's talk about what we did today. What did you do today, Mike? I decided to start messing around with uh, the brake calipers. Nice. Um, and so I, I took out the old 550 brakes because I put in a 750 front end, and so that came with. Uh, with brakes and caliper and, and some nice calipers, except I had to Liza as usual. Uh, when I said, "So Liza, I can just stick this on," and she, of course, then said, "Well, you're gonna have to clean it out." For <laughs> and so a 20-minute task became a three-hour task, Lord. Uh, as it always does here. <laughs> can you describe the process for those who've never done it before of what it entails to take apart the calipers? to clean them before mike starts just uh for the viewers mike is wearing a pretty cool yankees hat on right now okay okay thank you we don't have viewers (laughs) listen to this can you go back to your taco please (laughs) okay uh so yeah so to so i took the uh calipers off disconnect so the calipers are attached to the brake line so you got to bleed the brake line first uh in this case it was mostly bled in the first place uh took that off um the and then basically i don't know just pull it apart she's you're looking at me like like there's more to it uh she always gives you that look i know that there were there 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 are little rubber things and there's rings and you got to pull them apart and be careful Okay, so, <laughs> so what what Mike is leaving out, and something that I learned how to do the hard way by doing it the wrong way and losing a piece of my hand in the process. No way, where? Which oh, piece? this is, oh, okay. Oh, so you mean actually just getting the calipers out, right? So the calipers are in there with, so, and need to be moved by... You, so you have the pressure. caliper. The pinky is gone. It's no, literally it's okay. a So <laughs> you have the caliper, and when you take apart the mounting bracket, and you're left with just the piston inside of the caliper Mm -hmm. you need to get the piston out yeah okay so a method i figured out years ago when i was restoring one of my first bikes was well i need to create pressure either you need to hook up a master cylinder and a brake line and fill it with fluid and and bleed it all out to be able to pump that piston out right or hey i got a brilliant idea i'll hook up my air compressor and just blow it out yeah. So I made the mistake the first time of holding on to the caliper and <laughs> forcefully putting forcefully putting the air pressure to it and the piston shooting out like a cannon and taking a chunk of my palm out with it. <laughs> yeah, that does not sound like a lot of fun. So uh, what I've come up with when I'm helping people out now and teaching them yeah. how is to stick a T-shirt 
in there and and so you have a, a net to catch it for to you to catch it hook Don't that put your hand there in the first place and uh yeah it makes it, one hell of a noise especially oh yeah these, it's these a cannon pretty well stuck and so and there's a big pop oh yeah and it comes flying out <laughs> base cannon yeah and uh you want to describe your calipers the condition uh well they uh the the seals were everything was gunky it was rusted and it was gunky because it had been left out um and it hadn't been used and so the uh the biggest issue was on the 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 use your big boy words use my big boy come on now uh the cylinder was had a ring of rust both cylinders had a ring of rust piston the piston, sorry. The, the piston had a ring of rust around it. And on one, that cleaned right off and it was fine. On the other, it had started pitting into the piston itself. And no so way. Yeah, it's this really nice... Gnar. Um, gritty kind of thing. Uh, and so it's pretty much shot. It's a common thing to find on old bikes when you're taking the calipers apart. Yeah. Which is why I didn't want to take it apart. Because then I wouldn't have to know about it. And... <laughs> The sad thing is, if it's just if you're rebuilding and you want to replace the rubbers, you can buy um, a rebuild kit. Pretty cheap, under 20 bucks. You're good. If that piston has got pock marks, rust on it, ski rude. So, Mike, we went to bikebandit.com, a resource I use all the time to look up parts. How much was the entire caliper listed for? Uh, Almost $400. Like, I think it was like three forty. How yeah. much was just the piston listed for? That was like one twenty, wasn't it? No, that was like three hundred and four dollars. Oh, I was. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah. <laughs> and not available. Yeah, that's so no good. just buy the whole damn caliper. Um, so, so we're gonna see if maybe the the CB nine hundred C has pistons <laughs> that might be interchangeable. Yeah. Um, so Liza was you know, nice enough to offer that, uh, and otherwise, now here's here's I guess uh, another question. Um, in 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 the interest of frugality and not necessarily safety, so I'm going. My old my old fork was a CB550 fork, which only had um, the one caliper, and this CB750 front has has two rotors and two calipers. Right. Would it be possible, if not optimal, to just use one caliper not optimal yeah if you've gone to a dual that's mo beta that's twice as much braking right so i so it makes more sense to 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 use it even if it's uh, so basically what do i do with this thing uh if i don't if i don't have the cash to replace it do i put it on and sort of let it leak or uh no that's bad yeah Because you lose fluid, you lose brakes. Yeah. If you wanted to run it with just one, then you have a teed line. You're going to have to buy a new brake line. Maybe I could use the old one. No, the old one's torn from the the accident. Well, we'll we'll figure it out. So you need to find a piston. Yeah. You need to check eBay. Mm -hmm. Um... Ebay. And and uh, Liza, like you were saying, it's, uh, if sometimes if you look for parts uh, either on eBay or online, just by using the model number, then so like if I'm looking for a CB750 piston, it might be three hundred dollars. But if that part number six four three eight four or whatever turns out to also be on a less popular bike, and you were saying finding looking by the part number can actually be sometimes be cheaper. Right. No. Way. Now. Okay, I'll share a little tidbit. I don't, I don't know if this will work. Okay, but we can try. So, um, on 
the actually the bike in front of us, um, the CB 900C. It originally had a. His name is Gucci Mane. It had a um, in the forks. It had a rust divot in it that was eating up the fork seal. Oh yeah. yeah. It wasn't a whole bunch of them, just one. And I tried many different materials, epoxies and stuff, to try and just fill it instead. And I ended up finding um, clear nail polish worked. Really? It held up to everything. Huh. Um, Is it still on there? It is. It worked. Wow. And I used clear nail polish, and then I had to use a very, very fine wet-dry sandpaper that I cut into a strip, and I just moved it back and forth over just to sand it down oh, okay, without sure. sanding the chrome down. I wonder if that might work. That might be. But you have a lot of holes yeah, to fill, and you have much, to... I mean, you almost have to... Around. It'd be an interesting experiment yeah. to try it's that like we're nail polish, the damn thing. but then you have to get <laughs> yeah. strips of wet-dry, sure. and you have to sand that down... That might, yeah, that might be worth giving a try. Yeah. See, see how it goes. You know. I'm, um, and then what I'm I would do is string budget. So. So what you do, what you do is, fill it. Um, and I wouldn't even bother about sanding it down yet. Fill it and let's dunk it into a bowl of brake fluid. Okay. And check on it in a bit of time, and see if it's eaten it away. Oh, if the brake fluid is yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That if works. it didn't, then you can sand it down, maybe. Yeah, let's see. What, yeah, might as well. So that um, comes to me. What I did today, besides uh, babysitting. <laughs> um, Her dog is having some issues. He's, he's snoring in the again. house. Bosley's snoring again. Yeah, that's yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's the babysitting she was thinking of. Oh, is it, Mike? No. Oh, so what? What's she been babysitting? Your foot? <laughs> your, your one? Your, yes. your broken ankle? <laughs> no, I think your one. Because you're going yes. too fast and did some illegal maneuver. Okay, so I started working on the CB900C and um, took off the tank, the, the Vulcan tank, and the Harley seat, and the Harley fender, and. All the bits and pieces that yeah. Doug and I modified, and then I had to grind off all the th- mounting points we <laughs> welded on for all that stuff. Um, I managed to get one or two good pictures with all the sparks flying. Maybe we'll post that up soon. And I've got the original CB900C tank on, which is actually, I think, a pretty cool-looking tank. Yeah. Um, and I put on the flat tracker seat just to kind of mock it up. Oh, and I put some drag bars on it. Took off the big giant bars I had on there. Um, basically just stripping everything down and mocking it up to make sure this is going to be cool because the plan is to build a street tracker out of a CB900C <laughs> which nobody's ever done I like a challenge for probably a few reasons but I like a challenge yeah. is it just me or does this bike have a really long wheelbase uh, it is a longer frame because of that second transmission oh yeah <laughs> two transmissions Yeah. what does that do for a bike Makes it a ten speed. It's, that's the ten speed, yeah. Oh, so that's where you can go half. It's like like a gears on a bicycle. You got the big ones and the little ones, and you can like mix and match. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. So, and I ordered oh, some no. new rear shocks for it that are like four inches taller, <laughs> which is really going to change the riding position. And then if I put like, I still don't know what front end. I got to research. Um, That'll drop the front end down. It's going to get pretty yeah, it'll be crazy because it started out almost like a cruiser. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. And the tank just went see. up. The old Harley tank just sort of went up when you were sitting yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah, this will be, I think this will be a lot of fun. And just that big, enormous engine just sticking out from the side of the of the tank. 
So Donut came in and took off his body parts <laughs> on his bike, <laughs> which he's known for doing. Uh, Donut, you want to talk about what you did today? Uh, apparently, I got babysat today, <laughs> much to um, Liza and Mike's delight. I didn't do anything. I tried to clean my carbs, but took too long. Dude, that's like that's an operation that takes an entire day. You might think it's easy. It's not easy, dude. It yeah. takes a long time. Shout out to Lucas, though. This boy helped me with every step of the way. I have pretty much the same bike, and I've done it a couple times. So, 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 uh, so he knows what's up. Can you do a quick sort of recap what it actually what it actually requires? Well, here's how far we got. Um, <laughs> first thing you got to do is take off the fairings. Then you have to take off the tank. Um, the fairings on this bike are really hard to get off, and I hate them. Um, tank only has two bolts: one at the bottom, one at the top. You uh, yank that off, and it's Spill got some gasoline all over the ga- all over the yeah, ground. Yeah, for some reason the petcocks on these bikes just do not work. So when you turn them off, they don't really turn off. Um, and of course, there's like a bleeder valve, and gas was shooting at the bleeder valve, or not a bleeder, <laughs> bleeder nozzle or whatever. So we had gas all over the place. Gasoline um, everywhere. So we pulled that off. Uh, then you have to disconnect the two uh, ram air tubes into the airbox. Uh, pull off the airbox cover, pull out the air filter, uh, then uh, it's got like a little plastic seating for the airbox, you pull that off, then you can see the tops of the carbs, uh, the seating is what has the, uh, they're like the little funnels that go inside them with the brass fittings, we pulled that off. And That's a lot of screws, by right. the way. And where we got hung up was where there. the next thing you have to do in order to pull the carbs off is disconnect the four tubes that go from the bottom of the carbs to the uh, top of the engine. Which is a near impossible task. Right. It's really hard to get those off because they all have little screws on them and it's sitting directly, you know, underneath, you know, some other crap and it's just, it's really, really hard to get at. So (laughs) about that time I told him that he'd probably need about another three or four hours in order to get the carbs out and clean them and put them back. And put everything back on the bike, so we kind of just bailed on that. We so. bailed. Yeah. Well, it started getting dark. Finito. Yeah, yeah. And I realized if I kind of left him to do it by himself, <laughs> he would get really frustrated and it would take forever. So I'm just like, whatever. I just, let's, just, let's just do this. Yeah. So. There was a point when he left. I I just started yelling and screaming. Yeah. I'm like, all right, shit. All right. I guess I'm needed. <laughs> I guess I'm needed over there. And so. I helped by giving him a nuclear wedgie. <laughs> yeah. Twice. <laughs> To which I responded with my fists. That's why I never bend over. I just crouch down. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're hanging out there. I mean, I couldn't resist. Oh, yeah. It was, I, it was... and to my credit, I walked past you three or four times without doing anything. So I, I should get credit, some credit. That's restraint. You're a pedophile? Restraint. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so um, also, Sage came by with his friend Hector yeah. on a CB650. Yeah, I've seen that thing up on campus a bunch. It's a gorgeous little bike. It's like an alien. I would say it's another pretty typical situation of a young person buying an old bike and not knowing anything about it. So when he said, yeah, like the gauges don't work, and I just (laughs) disconnected the uh, tachometer cable, pulled it down, said, see, it's not spinning when the bike is running. I pulled the cable out, and it was broken. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Broken, doesn't work, need new cables. Oh I, oh, oh, I had no idea you could do that. Yeah. Like when it's the simple stuff like that, that's exactly what this shop is for. People just for the simple stuff. 
uh, Lucas, you can help me talk about Sage's Saga, as I'm calling it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think you should do? Uh, well, I think we should recap just real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Sage, is, he has like a 2002 ZX6R with like a f- like a salvage frame that they like made a title for. It's not a salvage frame; it's a custom racing frame. Yeah, the, it's a it's a frame that they had to create a title for. Uh, with like a 2006 uh, 636 engine in it, Ooh. so it's it's like a sort of Franken ZX six R, right? Lightweight. And uh, he high sided that thing on Highway Nine, no. uh, on the uh, the Santa Cruz side down near the uh, there's that one U turn with the rock that had, says like I always will love you on it or something <laughs> near, near all the people camp, and he high sided yep. on that one. Shit, and he comes by today, and I look at his bike, and I notice that the subframe is like really warped. Like the uh, the it has two little tail lights, and the one on the right was perfectly in line with the tank. So he, <laughs> he crashed on the right side, and it bent it a pretty significant amount. And I was telling him about that. Right, um, right. And he's got crashed fairings, you know, all rashed up. It doesn't have any real headlights or any, you know, in no. It's got racing bodywork. Yeah, so. This fa- it's just one big empty fairing, <laughs> and I'm just like, why don't you just throw that away and just street fighter it? Yeah, you know, I really think you should street fighter it because I mean the fairing's all rashed and it would honestly look pretty badass if you just got rid of that freaking thing. It's probably also worth pointing out that it is the most hideous alien green. It's like, hideous. I think yeah. it's cool, man. Imagine okay. cowie green, but a lot more yellow. It's kind of like puke green. Oh, no. no like you were alien right. Green. It is alien it's green. It's alien, alien yeah. green. It's like little green man. Hey, hey, alien everyone bike. knows yeah. aliens are gray, okay? <laughs> Just thinking it's important it's that. seasick it alien green. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Alien I, green. I, hate that color. I really wish you'd just tear those things Well, off. so he asked me, should I just street fighter? And I said, well, okay, the pros and cons. Uh, normally, if somebody has complete body work, I say don't do it because you're going to reduce the value. In this case, he's got scratched up, scuffed, ugly body work. So I'd say you break even on that. It would but, look cool. Too. But the other thing I told him is, so where are you going to mount your your headlight so um right Right now if you you take it off you're gonna have this gauge cluster just hanging out and 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 you have if you take off the whole bracket that holds the fairing on you lose the the gauge cluster or you know it's like i said here's the thing you have to figure out how to custom make a mount to put your new headlight slash street fighter fairing on and still house your gauges and everything that seems to me still like a lateral shift because right now well, well because there you, is no housing for for a headlight the headlight is uh, it's, it's just bolted to the bottom thing. of the fairings yeah. just to make it street legal it's, it's like a baja a light it's a little it's, like five yeah, it's inch not even a real headlight light. it's a tiny it's little just, light yeah it's attached to a tiny little bracket well, and screwed onto so i i think you know he could just sort of Put an O-ring around that thing and just attach it to like one of his. Yeah. Well, I said I'm. I'm one of the gauges or something. I'm not one of the forks. I don't I want to. Might, yeah. I don't want to uh, encourage people to take on a project that I know I'm going to have to do half of it <laughs> because he has no idea how right. to fabricate. It. I don't know how to fabricate it. You're going to have to figure it out. So I said, if you want to do that, do all the research, find out how other people have done it. Um, and plus, he's got problems with the. He said um, he puts a choke on and it only lasts for a few seconds and then it starts to die or bog. 
And I said, is it mechanical, as in the choke lever is going back down, there's not enough tension on it? Or is it uh, the tuning of the carburetor or, or I don't know, is it carb or EFI? I don't know. It's carb, dude. I don't know. So he goes, I don't know. I said, so then I would plan on taking it to a mechanic like Rich, who deals with sport bikes, and have him look at it. Because I don't know. I can't tell you either. I could probably figure it out, but I just don't want to spend my time doing that. (laughs) Well, I want to support and help people. But again, if you don't have any money to spend when you need to, it's like... I. It's it's it becomes a lot of work, more work for me. It would be a really simple process. I just have to you know pop his tank off, and then you just look at the clutch lever when you engage it. I mean, it's possible that his his uh his cable is just like fraying and is about to just completely stack. Could be the other thing too. Like with Mike, you got a running bike, so this CB five fifty is now your second bike. Yeah, I told him if this was his second bike or second form of transportation. He could, he could glue jelly beans all over it. I don't care, but since it's his primary, only source of, of transportation, yeah. he's got the bus. He's got then, the bus. Then, I'm. You want to be careful about just doing projects just because. Yeah. You know. So I don't know. But then he said, "Should I sell it?" I I told him it would be a good idea <laughs> to cut his losses because I don't know if I can trust him to like Street Fighter it or customize it or something. I so would, that's what I wanted to get your assessment. Is it? I want yeah. him. I don't know. Maybe I think he could get probably fifteen hundred bucks for it. Yeah. Maybe two. What did he pay? I forget. I I think he should definitely just sell it. By didn't he pay like three? Yeah. No. I don't think that's a bike worth three grand, honestly. <laughs> How's it perform? Have you ridden it? I did ride it, and that was the bike I said handled all fucked up. Uh. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what his deal was. I mean, I told him to go check to see if the frame was straight, and he still hasn't done that. So, I mean, like... Well, if he can get two grand for it, then there's some decent street bikes he could find. <laughs> you could buy a very nice used Ninja 250 yeah. that's only a few years old with low miles on it. Yeah. Know a couple that are for sale. There you go. And I would rather have him on a much lower-powered bike if he ends, if he's high-siding and shit on Highway 9. He needs a slower bike. Yeah, but now he knows what the power feels like. Actually, it's not a matter of power. It's a matter of handling. He high-sided because he went off the freaking road. Speaking of bikes for sale, Lucas, you have a new. You have a bike for sale. You want to say yeah, why? Yeah, I'm, I'm selling my uh, 2006 CBR 600RR. I just bought a new uh, Jixxer 750. Nice. So Exciting. yeah, all of you who accuse me of being a squid, go ahead. <laughs> it's official. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm selling it. It's got like 16,000-something miles. Uh, it's got a crap load of Farkle bits, like aftermarket rear sets, power commander. It's got some... Uh, yeah, that's fascinating. Let's talk about your new bike. Yeah, okay. Just, if you want it, just ask me. I'll sell it. <laughs> um, so you want me to talk about my new bike? Yeah, talk about your new bike. Well, Here, I don't want to jinx it until it gets registered because <laughs> it's an out-of-state. Uh, and you never know what the hell the DMV is going to do, right? So... Uh, basically, I bought a 2008 GSXR 750. I uh, wanted to move up from the 600 so I could get a better low end torque, and it had a lot of really awesome uh, electronic features. Like it's got a stock steering damper, which I really like. It's got the adjustable power modes, which I really like. So you know, you got your A mode, which is like full race. It extends your rev limiter, and then you got B and C mode. They just uh, delay the throttle response, you know. And I had to uh, 
ride it back from San Jose in the cold and rain on 17, you know, and it had a, a it had a, a hazard lights. So it was really foggy at one point. I'm like, yeah, I'll just turn on my hazard lights, you know? So that was pretty cool, you know? I was cruising and I uh, didn't have to worry about people rear-ending me. So that was fun. It's basically compared to, like, even though it's just an extra 150 cc's, it's like power, you know? The uh, 600RR that I got, I mean, it's got the least in-class horsepower, I think, among, like, the big four Japanese bikes uh, that are middleweights. But it has definitely the best handling, um, and it's super light. Well, and how about the other exciting news about the seat height? Well, it's not the height so much. (laughs) This is a bike I can actually flat foot. And I freaked out because I thought the first time I sat on it. He's so proud. He showed me, look, I'm flat footing. (laughs) I thought the first bike I sat on was lowered because I'm like, how am I flat footing this thing right here? Um, But it turns out the shape of the tank is like V-shaped starting from your crotch. So the actual middle where you sit right up next to the tank is very narrow the shape the seat is like a triangle so when you're sitting right up next to the tank i can touch my feet to the ground just because my legs aren't spread that far apart so that's what i really love about it it's a great street bike just because it's and and it's really comfortable but it has such a fantastic position like if you're going full tuck it's awesome so it's it's a great street machine it's a great track machine i can't wait to get it out on the track yeah Um, me too (laughs) <laughs> yeah, can I borrow it next weekend? <laughs> so are you going to take back all those remarks about me then? Which ones? <laughs> the ones about me being a squid? No, no. <laughs> That's just no. Well, yeah, so let's see how it all turns out in terms of uh, paperwork and everything. But, uh, you know, it's got the requisite mile, so I'm not worried too much. And it's a Nevada bike, so. Well, let's... Let's take a moment and hear a word from our sponsor, Moto Bandito, and then I want to come back and talk about out-of-state bikes sure. and buying off of Craigslist, stuff like that. And here's Moto Bandito. Ever wanted to go on that cross-country trip and just haven't done it? What if I said you could see parts of the country that few have seen? No need for GPS or maps. No worries of speeding tickets. No potholes or roadkill. No traffic. That's right, no traffic. Just you, your motorcycle, and the countryside. Now any bike can do it with the Moto Bandito Ride the Rails Conversion Kit. Yes, that's right. This simple kit bolts onto any motorcycle and allows you to hop onto a train track and go touring in peace. And when you're done riding for the day, Just pull off and set up camp wherever you want. Run out of gas? No problem. Just pump the handle up and down till you arrive at your destination. This kit features an all-aluminum frame, titanium fasteners, and wire mesh floor for lightweight and gas efficiency. You can also add a sidecar so your passenger can ride in comfort and style. Also includes a compressor-powered 135 decibel air horn to let them know you're coming. Did you know there are over 140,000 miles of train tracks in America, all waiting to be ridden by you? Order now and receive a complimentary case of baked beans for that realistic hobo traveling experience. Only at motobandido.com. 
and we're back. So, thank um, you for your support, Moto Bandito. <laughs> what would we be without you? <laughs> so, be have any of you ever people. bought a? When, it can be a motorcycle or a car, but out of state. Do you know? No, I have pro, actually pros and cons. This Jixer no. is my second one. So, do you want you want to hear about my experiences before? Sure, go ahead. Well, let's talk about emissions. California is basically just total dickheads when it comes to emissions. That is why we have 49 state bikes and California bikes. And there are some bikes that are 50 state, but when they're 50 state, they have to explicitly say they meet California uh, regulations. I bought my F3, was a California bike, but it was registered last in Wisconsin. So it was bought by a guy here in Santa Cruz. He moved out to Colorado and then to Wisconsin and then back to Colorado and ship the bike out here and let it sit in a garage for a year and then had a friend of his sell it. So it was it, it was a pretty good deal. Like the fact that it was kind of a possible legal debacle didn't really scare me because it was actually a really awesome deal. I paid two grand for it and it was in fantastic, awesome conditions, save for the battery and uh, the <laughs> carbs and everything because it was sitting. So I had to clean them and uh, fix the air filter and all that. But that was good. Uh, if you buy an out of state bike, Back on the emissions thing. And so, just to clarify, this is only for us in California. Right. For anyone else, there's no big Right, deal. yeah. So, there are 49 state bikes that have um, different emission standards. They're less strict. California is very strict when it comes to emissions, so that's why there are California bikes. Uh, and often, they will have some unnecessary bullshit that nobody wants, but we have to deal with. And it, it's kind of stupid because motorcycles make... Uh, there are about six types of different pollutions motorcycles pollute twice as much as most cars in only one of them so right. and there there are far less motorcycles than there are in cars in california yet because we live in a state where they can do pretty much whatever they want with free reign we're governed by the majority who doesn't really understand anything about bikes you know we have these emissions laws so if you want to register an out-of-state bike in california it has to have on it stamped this meets california regulations or it has to say uh, 7,500 or more miles on the odometer. And I'm not really sure what the story behind that is, why it's 7,500 or more, but if it's less than that, they consider it a new bike. I think it's to prevent people from buying a bike in Nevada and then, and then just, just shipping it over, over here. here right. and then doing it. So if it's under 7,500, they call it a new bike. So more than that, uh, they'll let you register it. But they will kind of break your balls. You do have to go to the DMV. You have to pay a crap load of fees. Like uh, regular registration, if you're just renewing it, is like 100 something dollars. I'm going to have to pay like 350 just for this one bike because it's a Nevada bike. But based on the fact that I got a pretty decent deal on it and it runs better than a California bike... I think it's okay. Wait, so. really? Well, yeah, because when they, they make it stricter for the emission standards, what they do is they just detune the fuck out of it, right? And if you buy a bike from California new, stock, the first thing you got to put on it is a power commander because, or it reflash the ECU or something because they all run really lean stock from the manufacturer in order to meet those requirements right so they they just run really lean and make your bike run like crap ridiculous and, that, and that's what california is like you know so i kind of like out-of-state bikes um if you well, can get a good deal on one it's worth the extra paperwork and the money the right. funny thing is is that of course 
on a lot of my bikes, I'll just take off all the smog canisters and everything, right? Right. There is not, there's currently not yet any situation set up that polices this. Right, and we so don't they, have to have our bikes smogged either. So they have the manufacturers have to meet these requirements, and then we get our hands on it. We could do whatever right. we, we want. We can do whatever we want. But they've know. been trying to <laughs> pass a law that motorcycles will have to do inspections and smog tests. Right. No. Oh, well, yeah, well, they've been trying for a few years now. No way. Um, it's one of these things where um, this is what the AMA is good for. Um, the AMA is pretty much like fuck California, though. I mean, no, but I'm saying we do have a, a resource to speak up for all right. motorcyclists. But but I'm saying is that you know their position is that we are so ridiculous, it's not even worth fighting for California. It's, well, here's the point, thing: you know? um, trucks make more pollution, right? Buses, but they're not going to go after them because, because they have people use them and they have larger lobbies and they have lobbies and, and stuff. corporations. So blah, blah, blah. the motorcyclists are these independents. Right. Who other other than the AMA really have no union, no, have no money, no representation? Because we're not. And even common, though we're the know? smallest group creating pollution, right? It's an easy target. We have nobody to defend us other than the AMA. Well, and I mean, if you're a California politician and you're looking to make a really cheap low blow to make yourself look good, why don't you target us? Because we can't. Fight it's that. something that has been going on. I don't know if other states deal with it. Stage. It's something that's been happening here for years, and it has been getting batted yeah. down every year. But eventually, it'll happen. The good news is, I believe it'll be locked in from that year model on. Oh, okay. So usually, your grandfather thought grandfathered right. in the older bikes. Right. They can't require that. Like we had a SB 435. They could not retroactively make it illegal to change pipes because <clears throat> that would mean every motorcycle in the state practically it would be declared illegal. So now it's just 2013 plus bikes. You can't change the exhaust at all. It's super lame. Do you, how much is the impact fee? Isn't it a few hundred dollars? I don't think there's an... It's not necessarily an impact fee anymore. It's something else. Um when you get your bike registered in California and it's an out-of-state, they have to do an inspection. So uh, right now, all that really consists of is them checking your engine number and VIN to see if they match. Because there are people who could... They don't want people bringing in bikes from out-of-state that have modified motors or parts from stolen vehicles. So that's what the inspection covers, more or less. Uh, we don't have inspections on pipes. We don't have inspections on emissions or smog or noise. We might in the future, which would suck. But uh, basically... It, that's just the direction we're headed in. I kind of forgot what the question. So was. I did a quick, <laughs> quick uh, search on on Google, and it looks like Florida may still have or did have a three hundred dollar impact fee right. per vehicle. Impact fee. I got hit. I had a car that was only worth a couple hundred dollars years ago when I moved back to California. Yeah. I wanted to sell it, and I didn't know about the impact fees, and somebody wanted to take off the three hundred bucks off of a car only worth a few hundred. Oh wow. And I ended up. That was part of the reason why I left California, moved back to Georgia because I couldn't sell my car. <laughs> Move wow. back to Georgia to sell your car only worth a few hundred bucks. Drove back well, to Georgia. Well, it was just one of the reasons. It's like, oh man, you know, it was a good, it was a VW Rabbit. I well, you're it. you're here now. So I mean, it is a good point. Out of state vehicles in general, but out of state bikes, you do have to be. You do have to be wary. careful sometimes because... It's basically uh, like a salvage title. <clears throat> well, it just requires extra nonsense. Well, no, it's more like there's a possibility that 
someone could have tried to register a bike here, and due to whatever circumstances, they were sent an NORR notification of registration re uh, refusal. And that's basically the formal term for a blacklist. If you buy a bike here that's blacklisted and you try to register it and you find out it's not, you will have to go sue them because you will be screwed. How does a bike get on a blacklist? There are a number of different ways. If you try and register it and the VIN and engine number don't match, oh, they yeah. may blacklist it. Really, <laughs> I might have that problem soon. <laughs> it's up to the DMV. They can blacklist your bike for whatever they want. I mean, the thing with the DMV, I don't know how it is in other states, but here it's like... If you get someone with a bad attitude, they'll just they'll just screw you. Like <laughs> you get someone who's chill. Santa Cruz DMV is really chill. You know, you get someone there, they'll be like, eh, whatever. You know, so it all depends. But if they try and register it and it doesn't meet the requirements, there is a possibility that the state of California will say, send it back. We're not going to register it Ooh. ever. So if you're buying an out of state, call the DMV, have them check the VIN number. Just like say if you're buying it from a dude, tell him if you if it's an out of state title, like you're on Craigslist, ask him for the VIN. Check the VIN. If you call the DMV and ask is this blacklisted, they'll tell you. If he doesn't <clears throat> send you the VIN when you ask for it, that's a bit suspicious. So, so can you talk about the other bike that you went to look at? Oh, I really don't know if I should. <laughs> the guy is threatening to sue me. He's trying he's threatening to sue me because I pointed out. Did you guys hear this story? Yet? It's yes, a pretty big yes. scandal. I pointed out on a forum. You want to go ahead and name that forum? No, <laughs> no. The threat is well, not there. First of all, because... let's talk about the bike you went to see and right. what were the issues that you noticed that might that were suspicious. Right. This, this blew up. I, I heard about this. It really like did blow source. up. I I I went out to go uh, meet this guy to check out his other 08 and let's just say we don't know if it's true or not but it's just one of those things maybe some alarms went off in your head and you vocalized it right and it blew up but we don't know for sure but it is good to know what these little red flags are because right. sometimes you want to go with your intuition and walk away right because right. um, the reason I bought the bike I did is because the guy was really nice and really helpful and he's like you know, if you don't want it, we'll write up a contract. I'll give you your money back. I'll go with the Wait, DMV. Wait, what was the blah, bike blah, blah. and what were the issues? Well, this was a 2008 Jixxer 750. Uh, the ad is now down, so I don't think I can worry about him yelling at me again. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. And uh, I posted a thread on, on Bay Area Writers Forum asking if someone can give me a ride. Uh, I hooked up with this guy, Dimitri, who's... He's a friend of mine now. He's a really great dude, and he seriously oh, cool. helped me out. I'm really gullible when I go to buy bikes. I'm really stupid and gullible. So <laughs> I usually need to take people with me if I'm unsure about whether or not I should be buying it. And the guy seemed helpful. Like, he seemed nice. Just remember, when someone says, I'm not trying to screw you, they're absolutely trying to screw you. So <laughs> Why would someone ever say that to you? Uh, because I said, it seems like you're trying to screw me. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Anyway, uh, we get out there. Dimitri gives me a ride uh, all the way up to this guy's place in the peninsula. We get there. The bike looks really fresh. It's really good looking. It has 6,100 miles on it. Uh, it's got some aftermarket bits on it, which is pretty cool. Like, it's got a Two Brothers mid-pipe, uh, you know, aftermarket clip-ons, HID, whatever. So it was sparkled, and I liked it, and it looked good. Uh, but I was really worried about whether or not I'd be able to register it. And one of my bouts of anxiety, I suddenly realized, hey, wait a minute. 
This thing is an out-of-state bike with less than 7,500 miles, and it's got like a Two Brothers can and a mid-pipe, so there's no cat on it, no catalytic converter. And I'm wondering, like, will this thing actually be able to be registered? So I'm, I'm talking with him, and everyone's like, dude, you should just ask him if he'll go to the DMV with you just to see if he's willing to do it. And, uh, you know, I ask him, and he's like, no, I've just been, you know, too busy. And I'm like, why didn't you register it? Oh, I've just been too busy, you know, like blah 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 and he just comes up with all these bullshit excuses about why he couldn't do it like oh I got back and shoulder problems blah 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 and this guy has lived here for a year I, and a half I will agree I mean that that are flags like but right. yeah maybe yeah walking away might have been the right call no it totally was like posting on a public forum may not have been the right call well I didn't post any of his information I was just people asked me how it went and I was like all right, well, I'll just tell them basically what happened. And what happened is I went there with uh, Dimitri, and we did the standard thing, you know, and he wanted to take a picture of my driver's license, and so Dimitri took a picture of his driver's license, and uh, we talk about the bike. It looks really fresh. At first, the fairings were immaculate. You know, they looked fantastic. Um, you know, so I, w I was like, oh, man, this thing is sick, you know, and it was selling for a pretty low price, you know less than uh, what I paid for my Jixer. But uh, basically, he's, um, you know, he's, he's trying to sell it real good. And I, and I was about to do my test ride, and then he, he keeps saying over and over again, it's a 50-state bike. It's a 50-state bike. And I'm, I'm really doubting that because it was purchased in Colorado. And I'm like, I don't know if they make 50 state Jixers. And he's like, no, it's 50 state. Look at the sticker right there. And I look at the emission sticker. Same one as the one on my bike that I just bought. Um, and it just says it meets U.S. federal requirements. And I'm like, well, that that's not... that. Doesn't that imply 50 state? Though that's what he was saying. That's what he was saying over I, and over again. I would maybe but think no, that. no, no. But that's the, the deal is it meets California federal requirements. Federal. But we have stricter requirements. Oh, doesn't it say it meets federal it and say, California? Yes, that's what I, I that's said right. earlier. This one didn't. We are. Dimitri yeah, is a separate. smart ass dude. So he's like, well, if you look at, he has a picture of the one from his KTM, and he's like, here's a picture from my KTM. It says it meets federal and California requirements. This is an actual 50 state. And I'm like, yeah, so why doesn't it say that? He's like, no, dude, it's 50 state. I'm telling you, you're not going to have any problems registering it. And the fact that this guy is so insistent on it, it's kind of freaking me out. So uh, basically, I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know. I decided to test ride it anyway, and it was really fun, and I like that. And that's why I decided to buy another Jixer, because it was awesome. But uh, So... You walked away from there. I walked away from the deal because when I got back, we were really heavy-handed about him um, going with me to register it or registering. I said, all right, here's the deal. Either you offer me it for a severely reduced rate because you are too lazy to go register it and assure me that it's actually able to be registered, or you go register it, pay all the fees. Is this when he went, oh, wait a minute. Are you Lucas from the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, the <laughs> douchebag? Is that you? Did he recognize you? No, he did not. Because that should have been the tip off, right? No, but I, I said either give it to me for like four grand, and he was selling it for like sixty five, or go down the DMV, register it. I will pay you all of the fees that you paid if you provide a receipt, and I'll pay you a little extra for going down there and doing that for me. And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, dude, I'm not buying this bike in this condition. It can't be registered. And he's like, no, dude, you're being stupid. It's 50 state. And I'm just like, fuck, you know? So 
later, Dimitri calls Suzuki America, and he asks them, do you even make a 50-state Jixer? And they're like, ha, no. <laughs> so, oh, that's they, some good homework. Yeah. So I found out, like, they don't even make a 50-state one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy actually calls me. He texts me back later a couple days, and he starts threatening me after I basically said this bike is like not able to be registered and he starts threatening me and he says he's gonna sue me and he's just like gonna do all this shit and i don't he said he registered it and i'm just like no you didn't well so i don't know what the deal is but that's basically the whole story so be careful you never know the situation check with the dmv before you do anything i yeah it's a good point if your bells are going off, walk away. I I don't know. I think you are much more um, paranoid about buying off of Craigslist from people <laughs> than I am. But you do have a point. If you're uncomfortable with it, walk away. You don't have to do it. Right. Yeah. Well, I buy sport bikes on Craigslist. And yeah. people who sell sport bikes on Craigslist are usually assholes. I buy free bikes on Craigslist. <laughs> so, when you, when you're I haven't been ripped like, off yet. <laughs> when you're dropping serious coin on a bike that could be sold by a guy who might be just an asshole trying to rip you off, you better be paranoid. So, um, since it's raining out, I wanted to talk a little bit about riding in the rain. Mm -hmm. Oh, I saw. Did you guys see that accident this morning? Dude, I want to tell my Highway 17. Let's hear from Donut. Did you see that that accident this morning? No. Okay, I thought it was Doug's bike for a moment. Oh, was a rider down? Uh, Yeah, rider was down. um, Right on Mission, right up here. Big intersection in Santa Cruz. Um, and the bike was just flipped way across the intersection and was lying on the sidewalk. And I went up to the, the paramedics and I said, hey, yo, so I have a 22 on it because that's what Doug's bike has. And he assured me it didn't. Number so plate. I left. But it was scary for a moment. It looked just like Doug's bike. Yeah, Doug just rides like a DRZ 400 <laughs> Supermoto. Yeah. So... And there were a couple couple engines, so obviously it wasn't just one bike. Maybe a collision, something like that. Oh, man. Yeah. So, riding in the rain, there's two parts to this. Yeah. One is for you to gear. be... Yeah, gear, warm, comfortable, not distracted, that kind of stuff. There's tons of gear. You can buy just cheap, like, windbreakers, and that can do a lot. Or you, you can, can get you can the full You can just buy a poncho gear. if you want to slum it, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> but the thing, a lot of riders... Uh, don't know um, maybe you guys know but newer writers learn the hard way about how painted stripes on the street yeah are slick <laughs> and then those tar snakes yeah oh, lord yeah tar snakes. I, I actually went down because uh, I was turning right from Mission to Laurel and they have the little induction loops to change the light and it was yeah. dark and they ha- the strip is like one inch wide and I rode right through it, and I applied too much front brake, and I went straight down. So, Ooh. Mike, have you ridden in the rain yet? Uh, only a little bit. I've um, because the 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 CB five fifty um, that I would ride that I've ridden oh. in the rain with. Uh, it either has electric problems or it has the pod filters that suck in too much water. <laughs> Bikes with pods do not like rain. Oh, it stalls out like nobody's business. Um, but yeah, so I, I but I've I've fought it. I, I, I came down from campus once and then once I got stuck uh, uh, funny story I got uh, I, was, I was up in Arcata I was staying at uh, like Pfeiffer State Park or something like that I was camping at a state park I went to this little town just south of the state park at night or in, in the evening and then this this enormous it was fine it was clear and then this enormous uh, fog bank 
just comes in and it was a nice. pea super of a fog so i'm riding home and there's just there's just uh it, it wasn't quite raining but there was enough moisture that it was just beating down my mm-hmm. helmet uh and i got to the campsite that night coughing and sputtering and then the next morning i couldn't get it started and i needed to actually eventually get towed and when the guy is like he's like did you check out the carburetors and i did this is before i knew to do anything mm-hmm. he it drains the carbs and just out comes like just tablespoons of water just just like half cup out of it. it was just obscene so um so mostly my experience has been on a stuttering bike so i tend to ride very slow and carefully in the, in the rain so you have a car too so i also have a car so <clears throat> also has a car you don't have to i there were times in my life in my 20s where i only had yeah buddy yeah only had <laughs> motorcycles yeah that's and me and a lot of folks back east um you get torrential downpours that are oh yeah you live in boston buckets, yeah, you're in both in boston and atlanta insane buckets of water yeah i'm talking and in half an hour you can have five inches of rain drop yeah, yeah like tons of water out here we get this drizzly stuff i've had before where i wasn't wearing any gear because you know when you're in your 20s you're just popping around it's summer you're wearing maybe sure. a t-shirt and Ugh, jeans. squid <laughs> <laughs> and I remember just being at a stoplight, and it started to rain. And before it could turn green, I was soaked through to my underwear. So much right. rain falls so fast, oh, and it gets to a point where you're just laughing. Yeah, just laughing. That how sounds like fun. Though. Wet you are. That reminds yeah, me of that yeah, time I went snowboarding in a t-shirt. Stupid, but kind the, of fun. I I mean I know how to I know how to dress to be um, warm and. I, but I have to say, though, I, I don't like riding just because, especially here when we haven't had that much rain, and then you get rain and, and the oils come and the out oils of the road. Come out. Yeah. Oil. So you need to and wait until the second rain. it is super dangerous yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, because we haven't had, I mean, it's been a couple of days now, but we this is the first rain we've had <coughs> a long while, like months. nine months or yeah. something, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Ridiculous. it's ridiculous, man. I took a month off California. I left to leave the rain. And it didn't rain a single day. <laughs> and you got back? And I know, I'm back. And it's fucking rain. Yeah. Great timing, dude. <laughs> Ridiculous. I think the, the rain actually uh, caused the Vampire's uh, event to get canceled. Did the Naked no. Ride? No, no, no. The... the, the the dampen scavenger spirits. The dampen yeah, spirits? Dampen spirits. That no, was, no, 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 no. That was yesterday, bro. For the record, <laughs> Donut and I were there in attendance yeah. with other vampires... Um, but nobody else showed up. Uh, Why is that? Liza wasn't there. Let's let's be honest. She was in the garage. I'm gonna throw you under the bus here. You weren't there. Okay, you know what? That's bullshit. Because <laughs> Douglas threw me under the bus. And here's a story. <laughs> I was gear fully geared, ready to go. Megan had to get her bike put back together because we had to fix the taillight not working. Right. Douglas turned to me and said, "I have to go meet the guys. Can you stay and help her?" <laughs> Uh, sure. So we're in full gear <laughs> helping her get her bike back together. And we said, um, if you guys end up leaving, stop by here to pick us up. And then she can just hop on my bike with me because I'll stay and help. Sure. So we got done. He said, nobody showed up. We're just going to Perg for coffee. I get get there. And later he's telling everyone, you didn't show up. Oh, <laughs> and he threw me under the bus. Man. Like, we showed up. You didn't show up. I was no. But you are not throwing me out of the bus because I was pissed because I was out here, show up. fully geared, ready. <laughs> so there, there you go. Shoot that shit down. That's best. No, up. but um, yeah, it was damn spirits right. No one else showed up, but we were ready to go. Oh, okay. Um, so some things that can help. 
Um, some gloves. If people didn't know, you can get gloves that have a little wiper on the thumb. Have no, you I've seen, seen those, yeah. Or, or um, I have uh, the, I think I can't, it's like Rain-X Rain-X. It's the fog wipes that you put on the inside of your visor so they don't fog up. And there's Rain-X spray that you can put on your uh, visor. I just too. bought a new thing yesterday of the fog off that's yeah. up on the shelf. Yeah, oh, so here's here's another Rain-X. lesson I've learned. Um, you can put that on the inside of your windshield, over uh, your face shield. Your glasses. It will, yes, you have to remember to do your glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I have done that when we were riding over 17, yeah. coming back from a bike show, <clears throat> and it started raining and then hailing. <laughs> and oh, so we were on 17 literally doing about 15 miles an hour in the right lane. <laughs> and every time cars would pass us, we would get showered. And my my glasses would fog up because I forgot to put it on there. And and if you kept your your windshield cracked open to get enough vent, when the cars went by, you'd get water in, in your, your shield. Yeah. So what I had to do is every time a car came by, I would have to hold my breath as long as I could. <laughs> but yeah, miserable. so the little visor or the little wiper on the thumb is a pretty cool tool. Yeah. Rain-X could, is pretty good. Could you like just tape something to your thumb and do it? Like... Um, I don't know. What if you just like wrapped a cloth around it? I mean, it wouldn't well, be dry. Well, it's a little squeegee. No, a, it's a squeegee. Yeah, on this your is thumb. a squeegee. So it's like a windshield wiper. Well, I'm just thinking, whenever you try and wipe it with your gloves, you just make it worse. What if you could just like wrap something around your thumb? That but you need to have a squeegee type thing. So the, it's the squeegee is necessary. Yeah. Yes. All right. Otherwise, you're just spreading. Have you ever actually used one of those, Liza? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they work. It works. Um. It's better than just sort of smearing everything. Can you like <laughs> buy one that just goes around your thumb? You know, yeah, to buy probably, gloves with them. I haven't seen them. That would be really useful. I'd buy them. Yeah. You could well, just take one from a gas station and you know cut a little bit of it and put it on your. Thing. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, the reality yeah. is, whenever I watch, like you'll you'll see like you GP racers <laughs> gas uh-huh. station um, in the rain. You could and yeah. you'll see they'll be in full lean, dragging a knee on a track in the rain, and and you're assured tires work. They actually. Just shed the water. They yeah. dispel the water. They can actually grip, even though I still get sketched out oh, riding so in the rain. It depends yeah, on man. so much. Like I was, uh, I rode out to San Jose to go pick up that bike uh, yesterday, and I rode on my F3 on the way there. And I think my tires were at like 32 to 30 psi, at least in the rear. And I hydroplane a couple times just because when you have uh, big wide tires that are low pressures it only gets grip on like the two ends and creates like a water bubble in the middle and so you have a very small contact patch and that's why you hydroplane so if you run in the rain pump up your tires because it might seem unintuitive you know less less pressure equals more grip I'd say that the more pressure in the rain, the better, because you'll actually end up getting a wider contact patch due to the fact that you won't be hydroplaning yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Trust your tires. So I wanted to give my DMV update. The Yes, let's hear this. The oh, I hate the DMV. <laughs> and here's fucking why I hate the DMV. Douglas is here, so we can say fuck. Um, <laughs> he isn't here. Um, so I've talked about this XL175 yeah. that I didn't want to go back to the DMV, so I collected my... Um, all the paperwork I needed, my check, um, I got my inspection, my brake and taillight mm. inspection, VIN inspection, got everything done, and put it took- in an envelope, mailed it to the DMV in Sacramento, 
I'm not going into the DMV again, waiting in line. Just mail it to them. I mean, you know. So you put, so to, to, to recap, you put all of your original documents. Sign, title, everything. And chucked it out. And put it in the mail. A month later, when I hadn't heard anything, I called the DMV and I said, hey, can you tell me the status of this? They said, uh, no, we never received it. And then he actually said, yeah. why would you put this in the mail? You should have taken it to the DMV, which <laughs> pisses me off because there are people who can't get to the DMV I sometimes. I have a job. Or maybe they <laughs> yeah. live up in the mountains or yeah. whatever. Or That's what if they why... go out of state? Like, what if exactly. they Exactly, what if out of state? Yeah. That's why you can mail stuff in. I was pissed that he gave me that little lecture. Well, at least the attitude so, is what you can expect And he said, DMV. no, it's not here. It must be lost. So I've been dragging my heels <laughs> to go through all that again, to pay the fees for the break-in taillight inspection, right. to try and get a title that was from an insurance company that I bought from a guy at a flea market. Oh, Jesus. So it's not like I know who it is. Right. And it's not like I can do my tricks and forge a document because it's an insurance company, even though this bike's worth you know less than a grand. Yeah. So I've been dragging my heels like, oh. <laughs> well, guess what came in the mail the other day? No. Oh, yeah. I got in the mail. Well, for, well what I got... What Wait, I first got in the mail was it returned to sender or was it no? Just they, what they I got in the mail it? was a receipt from the DMV that of my payment and that they cashed my check. Oh wow! And it had the title information and it had my name listed on it. So I went, "Hello, this is semi-official." Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, well, they they cashed my check. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where's the tags where's the the plate where's my title so i called the dmv and i said hey um waited on hold for 35 minutes because damn it i was gonna talk to them (laughs) hi just received a receipt in the mail you cashed my check and it seems you processed it uh i was told that the documents were lost it's been three months um and i notice on the receipt it says issued on this was a 124 Date received 1101-2013. Right. So they actually put a received date of d- November 1st. Took them three months to process. And I said, first of all, why did it take three months to process? Right. He said, oh, yeah, we've had a backlog. Oh, that's why. That's another reason maybe not to send it. To um, but, yeah. Why then when I called to follow up on it, was I not told there was a backlog? I was told my documents were lost right. and I'm an idiot. Um, and second of all, where is my tag and title and everything? And he says, um, it says here that's scheduled to ship on February 5th. Okay, I have no idea why they mailed me in their seat and not everything else. <laughs> but okay, I can live with this. Yeah, I think someone in the DMV Guess what screwed up. came in the mail the next day. Like on February third, yeah, was the tag t- the tag title <laughs> everything that he, so basically every time I talked to him, they gave me misinformation. Wow, every time. It you know, almost it, makes going to the DMV sound like a good idea. I would, you know what? If <laughs> oh. I had gone through that, I would have desperately regretted not going to the DMV office. <laughs> Wait, it sounds like to me like someone in the initial stages of the paperwork completely screwed up and they covered for their mistake by blaming someone else and then they blamed someone else and then nobody knew what the hell was going on. <laughs> the whole thing was so frustrated. But the good news is the XL175 has legal. a license plate. 
and nice. a tag and a title and now i can sell it but not until we go do the dirt riding experience because oh, right. i can take that oh that'll be great oh that sounds like fun exactly yeah so uh looks like time is about up um who wants to uh tell people how they can contact us since megan isn't here mike uh, I can't do it without the giggle, uh, but there we go. Oh, there you go. Liza Dooley. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, motorcyclesandmisfits.com is our website. You can find us also on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. And uh, the email is RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. That's RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. <laughs> um, you can also go to Motorcycles and Misfits, and we've created a new link there. You can yes, click on this is very Moto exciting. Bandito. If you'd like to hear any of the Moto Bandito commercials or replay them, there it is. Yeah. Very cool. Moto Bandito. <laughs> so I want. Well, I'm on today. <laughs> you are on. I want to thank everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Yes, thanks, guys. And yeah, please contact us. Um, I've been chatting up a lot of people, having conversations, um, people sending us info. I really like it. Please yeah. be social. It's cool. And I want to hear from that you guys. If, remember that if you Facebook message Liza, uh, you might end up in a two-hour conversation with her. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget <laughs> to call me a douchebag. Nobody's called me a douchebag yet. I'm kind of disappointed. Please, someone call him uh, a douchebag. I thought, really I thought that they're taking care reason. of that on the forums. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. You know. No, I don't know. All right, so thanks for listening. This is Eliza. Donut. Mike. This is Lucas. And we out. Cool, cool.